What are you doing here? Business. If the papers knew we were talking like this, they'd think we was crazy. Why you? Because I'm the best and you need somebody to teach you differently. Uh, why? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I don't think you could pull it off without me, Rock. I don't need this no more. I, I don't want this no more. Look, man, when you beat me, I hurt all over, and I didn't want to know from nothing or nobody, not even my kids. But hell, every fighter knows that hurt, and we get sick inside trying to live with it. So don't back off now. Make it right for yourself, or you'll be sorry you didn't. You lost that fight, Rock, for all the wrong reasons. You lost your edge. But the truth is, you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we could win it back together. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yeah, I think that was a message from the movie Rocky Three to, uh, to Trump. I don't think, I think Trump has the eye of the tiger. I think maybe the Republicans. Republicans need to get a get a little, they need the edge, man. They need the eye of the tiger. Because it seems like when the, uh, when the Democrats are in there fighting, they take no prisoners. They don't care if they're even telling the truth. They just throw out that crap out there and, you know, just say stuff. Say stuff. It's mean. It's hurtful. Doesn't matter who it, who it uh, bothers, Just let's just make sure we keep our jobs. Make sure the people that don't pay attention, and you realize the majority of uh, our country doesn't pay attention. So they're watching their jobs, they're watching school, they're watching the Kardashians, but they're not paying attention to what's going on. So I have the main event here to uh, keep you guys in the loop. I will assume that uh, even a portion of my uh, listeners... Don't pay as close of attention as they should, and so they, they, so they recharge every weekend by listening to the main event. Well, I'm going to talk to you about everything that's going on, everything that's that's happening, everything that you should be paying attention to. I'm going to give you my opinion of it. Now, is my opinion right? Hey, you might have a different opinion, but mine's always right. Okay, you know what? If you disagree with me, you're wrong. Okay, that's just the way it is. So, it doesn't mean I can't, I can never be swayed, but. At the point at which my opinion changes is the point at which the right answer changes. That's the way I see it anyway. And uh, like I said, uh, this is my opinion and welcome to it. So before I go in, get into my opinions, uh, let me tell you who I am. I am Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. We're based here in Southern California, offices all over the area. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, whether that's buying a new house, buying a new house for one of your kids that won't get out of your basement or your living room or one of the extra bedrooms or the garage, um, buying a vacation home so you don't so you have your own place. You can uh, Don and I have two vacation homes. You know we get to go out to to the river or we get to go up to the mountains. And uh, guess what? Our clothes are in the closet and the bed in the in the master bedroom only has our germs in it so we don't have to worry about whose amoebas we're sleeping in and uh and and there's always a big bottle of cold ice cold frozen patron in the freezer so 
life is good. Life is good. So if you want to get one of those, or if you want to buy an investment property and uh, put your money into something that uh, uh, will return a higher higher return than what, you, what you're getting at the bank, if you need any information on that or that fantastic financing tool for those over 62, the reverse mortgage, and you go, I don't really know what's going on. What is a reverse mortgage? I hear this stuff on TV. Tom Selleck is saying, hey, you know what? I didn't understand it either. <clears throat> Most people don't understand it. It's really not that difficult of a product. It's really a very simple thing. And uh, and you don't have to be poor and you don't have to be rich. You just got to be in that age group and take a look at it. Some of you say, hey, I don't need it. You don't need it today. Might be a good, a good thing to have just in case you need it tomorrow. Call me. Toll free, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone, uh, don't steal time from your boss. Wait for your 15-minute man government-mandated 15-minute break or your uh, government-mandated lunch hour or wait till after work. Uh, go to WCC Loans, W-C-C-L-O-A-N-S, com you have we have all kinds of uh, loan information there go to the loan center tab and click apply now uh, and put in as much information as you want me to have tell me how much information you want and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates and we will uh, help fill in the gaps on uh, what you're missing in your financial plan uh, if you want to apply for a loan right away um, or if you want to if you want to uh, email me first my uh, my you can hit the contact uh, contact button on that or you can just Email me at edhoffman at wccloans.com. edhoffman at wccloans.com. Um, if you hear something you want repeated, uh, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, listen to it on demand anytime. You can also get uh, the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, and be sure to connect with the show on uh, on iTunes. You can actually uh, you can actually subscribe to it, so it'll download to your uh, your computer, your iPhone, your iWatch, your iPad, your i uh, balls, whatever you have, uh, those eye things. I think even, uh, Androids have that now too. So, uh, and you can listen to it anytime you want. Uh, but be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I'll tweet about current events all week long, some weeks more than others. And like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. So let's talk about what's happening. So, uh, let's briefly talk about the staffing changes at the white house. Uh, we didn't talk about this last week, and that's a good thing because we've seen even more changes since then. It, uh, it started last week when all the infighting started uh, between the newly appointed communications director, Anthony Scarmucci, um, affectionately can, uh, referred to by my wife as the Hoochie. I said, hey, they got a Hoochie Baba in the White House. So she calls him Hoochie, but his name's Scarmucci and the chief of staff, Reince Priebus, uh, they're hitting a boiling point, resulting in uh, Reince Priebus stepping down and the president replacing him with Homeland Security Secretary General John Kelly. Within hours of John Kelly taking the position, Scarmucci was fired. As you may be aware, the mainstream media is portraying this series of events that the Trump White House is imploding. But many, but many smart people are viewing this as a positive thing for the administration, uh, here's Wall Street journalist columnist Bill McGurn, who worked in the White House under Bush 41. I think it's an incredibly good step because I have to say for months I've been watching people within the White House trash the chief of staff. I mean, 
most of the people in various White Houses that I've known, um, that that would never happen. The chief of staff is is chief of staff, and you report to him. So I think that was part of Priebus's problem that he never had that authority. And clearly, um, General Kelly uh, said, you know, I'm willing to be chief of staff if you let me be chief of staff. And they're they're clarifying that people will have to report to him. Well, I don't really see this as an implosion. I think this is a, a more of a natural a natural thing. Trump Trump hasn't been in politics, so he's uh, he's putting together a um, a cabinet a uh, a a, um, a leadership. Uh, a leadership panel that makes sense for this business. And I'm in business. I have 120, 130 employees now. Um, and I can tell you over the last couple of years, we've gone through some tremendous change as the digital mortgage platform comes in. And, uh, and the, uh, and the changes have been, have been difficult because nobody likes change. Especially, uh, especially guys who've been in the business for a long time are making lots of money. Uh, you know, the guys who make the most money think they're the smartest, and uh, their opinion is 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 the law. Well, I own the company, so my opinion is the law. So, uh, but but uh, it's been it's been hard on me as well to to make some of the changes that we've had to make, and we've gone through a few different phases of change, and it's and it looks like right now we've got our act flowing really really smooth better than we've ever better than we've ever had it but it's a but it's a tough time and you move some people around and you try some people here and you try a little of this you try a little of that and that's and that's how you how you build a build an organization because you've got you've got to say hey you know what the my borrowers are people my receptionist is a person their realtor is a person the loan officers are people my processors are people my underwriters are people and then my dock drawers and my funders and my shippers and everybody, everybody involved in the whole loan process, they're all a bunch of people. Oh, and then add in the title people and the appraisers and the, and the escrow, escrow officers. It's all a bunch of people. It's a, it's a big mixture of emotions and thoughts and, uh, and, and brain cells and having a mix that works. Can't everybody just get log? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. And so f- Trump's been in there for six months. Hey, you know what he's doing is what he's got to do. He's not afraid to make a decision, and he's not afraid to to stand. Hey, you know what? This may not be what what I thought it was going to be, but I'm hanging in a little bit longer. And then when it gets to a point, he makes a decision. I give him credit. I give him credit. I know what he's going through. I heard somebody else say that. Well, you know, General John Kelly's going. What are they going to militarize the the White House? Because we have to stop the leaks. Stop the leaks. People are talking. They're going to militarize the White House. I think militarizing the White House is a good thing, and I'll give you an example. Let me play this clip from A Few Good Men. A moment ago, you said that you ordered Lieutenant Kendrick to tell his men that Santiago wasn't to be touched. That's right. And Lieutenant Kendrick was clear on what you wanted? Crystal. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick ignored the order? Ignored the order? Any chance he forgot about it? No. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick left your office and said, the old man is wrong? No. When Lieutenant Kendrick spoke to the platoon and ordered them not to touch Santiago, any chance they ignored him? You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands? Asked him to put his life in yours? No, sir. 
We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yeah, I think we are clear. You know what? In a military in a military organization, people follow orders or people die. That's how that's how things need to be in the White House. Hey, there's a pecking order. You don't get to walk in on and disturb Trump until unless you unless uh, uh, Chief Executive Chief uh, White House Chief Executive John Kelly General John Kelly says so, and he's gonna he's gonna keep everybody doing their job, and he's gonna make sure that people keep doing their job, and he's gonna make sure that if there's leaks, you can't leak. You can't be you know when you see some of the transcripts of stuff that that uh, came out this week, you say hey, how do you how do you uh, actually do your job if you have to worry about any damn person who's who's in the next room that can hear something, just run into the newspapers with everything you say. I mean, I called it, I put out a tweet, said, hey, you know what, here's the, here's the, the news, the news, uh, the news flash on, on the, the transcripts of these phone calls. And I say, hey, it's called this diplomacy. You know, you're talking to other countries. Hey, let's make sure this doesn't look bad for either one of us. And we work together. And, uh, I think, I think now, now they're trying to say, oh, Trump is lying to us. Trump is this, Trump is that. You know what? If you don't think all this stuff hasn't been happening since the beginning of the United States, you're wrong. I'm excited. I'm excited about the direction it's going, though. You know, they're, they're, let's get rid of leaks. And if you saw, if you saw the press conference Friday morning with Jeff Sessions, I mean, Jeff Sessions is not a tough guy, um, just because he got that Alabama drawl. Um, but you know what? If you're thinking about, if you're in the White House and you have access to, you have access to to uh, classified information. And that means classified information means anything that could be used to, that if gotten out would be, we uh, would compromise the security of our co- country. You just better think twice and don't do it. Don't do it. So uh, I think that means, I don't remember if he actually said, we'll put your butt in jail. But I think that's what he meant by it because I, that's pretty much all they got to do. Let's throw some people in jail for, uh, for leaking out stuff that they were, uh, they were sworn not to. By getting a job in the White House, and let's see if the see if the leaks stop. So I've heard rumors that it was uh, uh, Reince Priebus was one of them, and uh, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it continues. I think it continues. We don't know for sure. Um, okay, so with Congress taking its August recesses and the effort to build a case for president's impeachment going to th- into full throttle, the mainstream media continues its Russian obsession, evidenced by the hottest story of the week. The Washington Post, Trump dictated son's misleading statement on meeting with Russian lawyer. Remember that thing a couple weeks ago that uh, Don Jr. got a, got a contacted by the attorney, uh, some, attor- some attorney for some uh, singer that I've never heard of that uh, played, uh, that Trump was in a music video for and said, hey, this guy wants to talk to you and uh, he's got some information that uh, on Hillary Clinton that will help the campaign. And Don Jr. said, okay, cool. Uh, I'm traveling. Let's get together next week. And then uh, the following week comes up and he says, okay, sure. Let's, let's have a meeting. Well, this lawyer is going to be in, uh, in New York city on Thursday. Can they come by Thursday? Okay, come on. And he released the whole email chain. Say, yeah. Did he think he was going to get some dirt on Hillary? Yeah. Is that against the law? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's called opposition research. 
And then when the lady got there, all she wanted to talk about was the the Minatsky the Minatsky uh, law, the, Minat- the the some law that uh, was prohibiting uh, Americans from adopting Russian babies. So they wanted to get that when they wanted to get that law changed. So uh, so apparently. Apparently, uh, someone on Air Force One, and I'm assuming that when Trump flies around on Air Force One, that he's got a whole bunch of people. He's got uh, he's got news people and and his staff and people to bring him drinks while he's sitting at his desk or to uh, bring him a towel. I, I think there's a whole residence on the on Air Force One, but um, there's a, there's plenty of people on that plane when he's on there. And somebody heard heard something him overhearing overheard him talking to his son Don Jr. and telling him what to say. No different than my son calling me and saying, "Hey, you know what? I got this borrower, and he did this and did that, and uh, we just found out that he's got this uh, IRS." And I said, "Well, here, just say it like this, but do it like this. Do the letter like this, and uh, just get proof that he's making payments on it. You're fine. Okay." Okay, whether he was my son or whether he was just another loan officer at our company, I would give that advice. Or uh, one time Ryan called me and said, hey, Dad, my American Express bill is $2,400. And between my paycheck coming in and my bank account, I only have 18. What should I do? And I said, I know I taught you to, I know I taught you to only, only use your credit cards for what you can pay off, but obviously you got into a pickle. Make a payment. If you can't pay the whole thing, pay what you can so that you don't have a late payment on your credit and pay the rest off next month. Do you need some money? No, Dad. All I needed was some some advice. Thanks. Okay? You know, that's what dads and sons do. So apparently that's against the law if you're Donald Trump. So um, the Post is reporting that President Trump personally dictated Don Jr.'s media talking points about his 2016 meeting with Russian lawyer at Trump Tower and said that the Russian adoption part of their conversation should be emphasized from the report. Flying home from Germany on July 8th aboard Air Force One, Trump personally dictated a statement in which Trump Jr. said that he and the Russian lawyer had primarily discussed a program about adoption of of Russian children when they met in 2016, according to multiple people with knowledge of the deliberations. The claims were later shown to be misleading. They were the extent of the president's personal intervention in his son's response. The details of which have not been previously had had not previously been reported adds a series of actions that Trump has taken that some advisors fear could place him and some members of the inner circle in legal jeopardy. Well, I don't I think the Washington Post is uh, full of it. It's what kind of legal jeopardy are you going to have about talking to your son? He released all the he released all the email chain. It's right there. Hey, this is what happened. This is was the premise of the uh, of the um, of the meeting. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be something. It wasn't. You know, Jared Kushner was in there. He was kind of annoyed because it was a waste of our time. Okay, seems uh, seems reasonable to me. In Tuesday's daily briefing, President Pre- Press Secretary Sarah Sanders Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, was uh, asked by several reporters to respond to the Post story. Look, uh, the statement that Don Jr. issued is true. There's no inaccuracy in the statement. The president weighed in as any father would based on the limited information that he had. Uh, 
This is all discussion, frankly, of no consequence. There was no follow-up. It was disclosed to the proper parties, which is how the New York Times found out about it to begin with. The Democrats want to continue to use this as a PR stunt and are doing everything they can to keep this story alive and in the papers every single day. The president, the American people, they voted America first, not Russia first, and that's the focus of our administration. Sir, John. Can you clarify the degree to which the president waited? Uh, he didn't. He certainly didn't dictate, but you know, he, like I said, he weighed in, offered suggestion, like any father would do. Yep, exactly, like any father would do. Um, I think they're making a lot. I think they're making a, a mountain out of a molehill. I think uh, none of this means anything. Let's hear some more from the press briefing. Was he aware at the time that uh, Don Jr. had had a meeting that was based on the pretext that he would be promised information that was negative about Hillary Clinton when he suggested that the statement only say that the meeting was primarily about Russian adoption policy? Like I said, the statement that was issued was true and there were no inaccuracies in the statement. I think what the bigger question is, everybody wants to try to make this some story about misleading. The only thing I see misleading is a year's worth of stories that have been fueling a false narrative about this Russia collusion and based on a phony scandal based on anonymous sources. And I, I think that is, if we're going to talk about misleading, that's the only thing misleading I see in this entire process. I would like you guys are focused uh, on a meeting that Don Jr. had no consequence uh, when the Democrats actually colluded with a foreign government like Ukraine. The Democrat-linked firm Fusion GPS actually took money from the Russian government while it created the phony dossier that's been the basis for all of the Russia scandal fake news. And if you want to talk further about a relationship with Russia, look no further than the Clintons, as we've said time and time again. Bill Clinton was paid half a million dollars to give a speech to a Russian bank and was personally thanked by Putin for it. Hillary Clinton allowed one-fifth of America's uranium to reserve to be sold to a Russian firm whose investors were Clinton Foundation donors, and the Clinton campaign chairman's brother lobbied against sanctions on Russia's largest bank and failed to report it. If you guys want to talk about having relations, which you seem obsessed with doing, look no further than there. Bam! You know what? Seems like seems like the only one who keeps bringing this up on TV is is uh, uh, Sean Hannity. Until now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, just fed it to all the all the news people. Do you think they'll write about it? I don't think so. I don't think so because they don't want any they don't want any dirt on Hillary or Bill because they're so much nicer than than Trump. Trump Trump doesn't like news people and Hillary does. And who knows what they're gonna get out of. Chelsea when she starts running so we'll be nice to them so I think I think this whole thing is a bunch of malarkey and uh I think it's I think they're just trying to distract they're trying to distract from what they want they you know they're distracting from doing their jobs they're they're distracting people from doing their jobs um because they want to keep their jobs you know the the Democrats want to get all the all the Republican jobs so let's just get rid of these Republican guys and we don't want the Republicans digging up dirt on us because we're going to lose our next election, as opposed to Trump wants to get in there and let's make America great again. And they're just distracting. They're distracting. It's it's uh, it angers me. You know what? I was thinking about this. I'm saying, you know what? How long? I'm assuming that people listening to this show pay taxes. So if you don't pay taxes, um, take this for what it's worth. I pay half my paycheck to the government. Okay, some of you guys out there listening, don't pay any of your paycheck to the government. And it's not because you put your money in tax-free municipal bonds. It's because uh, you make 
50000 a year, you got two or three kids, so you get earned income credit. By the time you take all your deductions, you got back every dollar you paid in, so you pay no taxes. You made 50 you made 50 you got to take home, you got to keep 50 I made a lot, and I got to keep half of a lot. Okay, I know you don't feel sorry for me, but at some point, does at some point, all the people that are paying, do we get mad about how many people that we're employing that are doing nothing? We're paying $160,000, $70,000 a piece to all those Congress people that get to go home for a month. And I know they got to do some stuff in their in their districts, but they're going to be screwing off for a month. How about the how about all the senators? How about the senators that can't get it together to 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 get a plan to fix this healthcare thing? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this more, but you know what? It's 2018, November 2018. Either the GOP is gonna get the eye of the tiger, or we're gonna get some new Republicans to replace them. Don't go away. I'll be right back with part two of the main event. Five more minutes. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to part two, the main event. If you missed part one, well, too bad. Go to my website, edhoffman.net, and listen to the podcast or get it on iTunes. So, because uh, we're talking about what's happening, we're talking about we're trying to keep you in perspective on what's going on in this country. And uh, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk some more about some stuff that maybe they're not talking too much about on the news. Uh, this past week. So uh, we were talking about uh, all the taxpayer money that we all pay, pay in. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that blend into the next subject. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, I'm the president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. We do loans. I don't talk about loans on, t- on the radio too much because it's boring. And uh, we sell all the same products everybody else does. Uh, we'll just give you a little better service. And who do you get the service from? From people that you like, that think like you. So... Uh, if, if it sounds like I think like you call me toll free at 855-640-2020 when it's time to get your, uh, get your, your, your refinance loan, buy your next house or, uh, or use one of those things for, uh, for, uh, 62 and up reverse mortgage. And we do reverse mortgage purchases. So if you sell your house for 400,000 and want to keep 200,000 of the, that you owned, that you paid cash, you want to keep 200 in your pocket, but you still don't want to have a, a mortgage payment required. Um, you can use the, use half of it, buy another house with a reverse mortgage purchase. So, uh, if you want more information in that also, uh, also, I mean, the reverse mortgages are just really exploding right now. There's so many people, so many baby boomers that are getting to retirement with less money than, uh, than they, than they want to uh, live a lifestyle that's comfortable. And there's so many of us, uh, baby boomers that have parents that did the same thing and we're tired of, uh, carrying the weight. So we're saying, Hey, you know, my mom's, my mom's, uh, you know, 105 years old and she's still alive and she's got equity in her house. Yeah. But she can't make payment on the, on the mortgage. Uh, if you're in one of those situations, call me, call me. We also have what's called a, uh, a product that's, uh, the majority of, of the people that you're talking to on reverses, uh, will are doing the FHA product, which we are too. Um, and the FHA product will give you from, 40 some percent to about 75 percent of the of uh, your value uh up front on a reverse mortgage um up to but your max claim is 636 150 so if your house is worth a million dollars they're still going to treat you like it's worth 636 150 so it's going to go the value of your house or 636 150 whichever is less we have a product that will go beyond that so but the but the loan to values are less so if you got a house that's hundred and a million and a half dollars 
And depending on your age, it'll go from like 29% up to about 50%. So depending on your age, so if you got a million and a half dollar house and you got a $600,000 loan, uh, 600,000 is about a, what, 40% of 40? Yeah, about 40% of, of that. If you've got a if you've got a more expensive house, or your parents have a more expensive house, and they want to make that mortgage go away, um, or and it's not just for people that have mortgages or and and that need. Um, this is for it's a smart it's a smart tool for for people that just want to prepare for just in case. Um, if you want more information, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. So uh, I mean, it's a it is an excellent product. So um, where was I? So don't forget about our main event listener hotline. Didn't mention it first first half. Uh, where you can leave me a voicemail, tell me what you think of the show, and uh, leave the message at 855-640-2092. 855-640-2092. I just might play your message on the show like this one. So I heard your show today, and I had two thoughts. Uh, I had others, but this is more mechanical stuff. And so, like, on a, the most negative note, I uh, – oh, except for the John McCain comments um, about it was okay, Betty – voted the way he did you needed to explain that more those three that that was okay or something you said that yeah you weren't bothered by that so since you're the only one who wasn't i would like to hear why okay so apparently janet from somewhere in la uh can't figure out why i was not why i don't think we should be mad at john mccain for for voting against the skinny repeal uh last thursday night friday morning uh well if you listen to my podcast again You'll hear that I said we shouldn't be mad at him for that, for him and uh, uh, Murkowski and Collins from Collins from Maine and Murkowski from Alaska, the three that voted against the skinny repeal on late Thursday night, early Friday morning. We should be mad at him for the full repeal, and we should be mad at McCain and Murkowski and Collins and uh, Lamar Alexander and Rob Portman, and there's two others that I've never heard of. But we got seven seven Republicans that voted against that. Think about the healthcare system, folks. We all want to repeal it. If you guys think that Obamacare has helped anybody, hey, everybody's got insurance. Everybody's got insurance. Yeah, you've got a little card that says you have insurance. Try to use it. Even if you don't have Obamacare, if you've got a group policy, Obamacare changes all the rules in in healthcare. Changes all the rules. You got to get a you got to get a letter from uh, from the from from uh, the president of the United States just to get a prescription filled, and and then the, you pay twice as much for everything. The the everything it's it's worse than things have ever been. Okay, if you got insurance and you're healthy, you haven't had to use it. You say, hey, I got insurance. Cool, bitching. Everything's wonderful. Okay, that's not the case. So my concern is, hey, we want to do a repeal and replace, repeal and replace. Everybody agrees on that. But we can't get the replacement plan just right. Well, it's hard to believe because Hillary Clinton tried to do that when she was the first lady. And then uh, Bush tried to come up with something. And then Obama just forced it through because, hey, I'm the first black president. We're going to get this through. We're going to do some historic things. We're going to create socialism in our country. And uh, and 4,500 pages of, of a bill nobody read. And you got to read it before we can, you can find out or you got to vote for it before we can uh, find out what's in it. And it's got a bunch of crap in it taxes invest you know what if it wasn't for the affordable care act you wouldn't have to pay 3.8 percent uh investment tax on uh if you sell a house and make a bunch of money on it there's 3.8 percent tax on on all that kind of stuff and there's a whole bunch of other little rules 
repeal the whole thing and wipe out everything that's in that 4,500 pages. Don't just, well, we're going to take away the mandate for the, for the, for the, uh, people to buy it and we're going to take away the mandate for the employers to supply it. And we're going to, whatever the other thing is, wipe the whole thing out, start over, you know what? And everybody agrees on that part and then say, Hey, it's, it's gone as of September 30th, 2018. That gives us a year to come up with a plan right before the next election. So do you think they're going to come up with a plan right before that? Only if they want to get reelected. But the other more important part is that gives a year. Well, it gives 13 months for the insurance companies to come in and say, hey, here's our plans and say, let us sell over state lines. We'll provide these kind of plans for people. And look, all these other people get insured and it's so much cheaper and the government gets out of the way and everybody's happy. They can use any doctors they want, blah, 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 all the details. We can get everybody insured without without taking over the whole healthcare industry. So was I not mad at, at uh, the pillar of strength, McCain, or uh, Susan Collins, or I think oh, Murkowski, I think it's Alice Murkowski. Was I not mad at him for for uh, voting no on the uh, on the skinny repeal? No, because I was mad at him for, for, for voting no on the full repeal because the skinny repeal is BS. Okay? You guys might not pay attention to this. Maybe you guys aren't as mad as me because you haven't had to deal with any healthcare issues. But over the last couple of years, my wife's had to have a few surgeries. I've had to deal with some some issues and have a couple surgeries. And it's the healthcare industry sucks the way it is now. We used to be number one in the world. And now we're number 40 in the world. What's wrong with this plan? Uh, uh, hey, and, and Republicans, you better get your you better get your uh, your act together because. Next, uh, next October, 2018, I will tell you, I won't vote for a Democrat, but I will support finding a whole bunch of new Republicans to replace all those seats. Some, someone that has some, some brains and doesn't worry about, well, if we, if we vote out Obamacare, the media and the Democrats are going to say, we don't care about people. And then people won't vote for me and I'll lose my job. Do your job. Then you'll keep your job. Stop worrying about losing your job and start lo- and start worrying about getting your job done. That's what we sent you there for. We gave you the House. We gave you the Senate. And then we put a Republican in, in the White House who will sign what you guys pass. Do your job. Okay? I hope I'm clear, Janet, and everybody else, as to where I stand here. I'm just, well, you know what? We should have replaced the, the mini-repeal because that wouldn't make so many people mad. Why? They're going to be mad, but they're going to be better off. Grow some stuff. (laughs) Dan's looking at me like, what are you going to say, Ed? All right. Grow up. Get some guts. Okay, so uh, where did I leave off here? Uh, So let's go on to uh, Sarah Sanders. Um, You know what Sarah Sanders said about uh, what's what's going on in... uh, uh, what's going on? What the what the, uh, the all this investigation? She's right. You know the real the real collusion, the real corruption that's and the criminality that are going on is going on in the Democrat Party. Last week you may you may have heard about the arrest of Pakistani-born Imran Awan, the IT aide, the IT that's information technology, the computer guy, uh, to Congresswoman and former Democratic National uh, Committee Chairman Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, I missed I missed talking about it last week. 
And uh, we had it all lined up to talk about it, but I'm glad we waited because it developed a little farther this week. Um, So let's go over the story, especially since uh, the media is doing everything they can to make it go away. So you're not hearing this much, much in the media. You heard a little bit on Fox and even uh, Fox is getting diverted by some, uh, some other stuff going on. So in February, 2017, the Capitol police started investigating Awan, you know, Mr. Imran Awan, some Pakistani guy for allegedly for alleged involvement in a massive cybersecurity breach and for transferring sensitive congressional data offsite. Hmm, does this sound like Hillary Clinton all over again? I'm sure she's involved. Okay, during the investigation, they found a laptop that Debbie Wasserman Schultz had issued to him hidden in an unused crevice of the Rayburn office building. Okay, so for those of you who have never been to Washington, D.C., the Rayburn office building, right across from the Capitol, there's two buildings, the Rayburn and something else, and one of them's full of uh, senators and one of them's full of uh, Congress people, or maybe they're all mixed up together. I went there to pick up my uh, my inauguration tickets, and uh, you go in there, it's an old building, and the ha- halls are narrow, and the offices are small, and uh, they're small, and they're packed in with stuff, and you got a bunch of interns working in there for the congressman, and when the congressman goes to... Washington, D.C., that's where he works when he's not in the Capitol, Capitol working. So, but it's it's a lot of uh, woodwork. You know, you think about old buildings. There's all kinds of fancy little nooks and crevices, crevices there. So if someone wanted to hide a laptop, hey, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to go to lunch with this laptop or I don't want to take it home, uh, but I don't want to leave it on the desk either. I'm going to just stash it here. I'll come get it, get it tomorrow. So they found they found a laptop stashed. Shortly thereafter, Wasserman Schultz grilled the Capitol Police Chief, uh, Matthew Verdoza, during a budget meeting, and the chief had uh, the chief had with uh, with Wasserman Schultz and the congressional budget staff, and listened to her threaten him that if he didn't return her equipment, hey, this is there's going to be consequences. Listen to this. I'd like to know how Capitol Police handle um, equipment that belongs to a member or a staffer that's been lost within the Capitol complex and found or recovered by one of your officers. What happens? Sure. Well, it's processed on a, on, a, on a, what's called a PD-81, which is a which is a, a, a property record. And depending on the property, depending on how it's, if you can legitimately uh, determine ownership, then uh, it's generally turned back over to the to the owner of the property. If there's if, if it's part of uh, of an ongoing case, then there are other things that have to occur for that to happen. So, if a member says that they have equipment that's been lost and you find it, it would be returned to the member. In the general sense, yes. Okay. It has to, you have to identify. You have to be able to positively identify the property and be able to establish ownership. Right. And, and if ownership is established, if it's part of an ongoing case, then there are additional things that need to be done. But if the member owns the equipment and there is no ongoing case related to that member, then the equipment is supposed to be returned. Right. In, 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 in a general sense, yes. If no, I mean in a specific sense. If the member loses the equipment, says they lose the equipment, yes, and it is found by the Capitol Police, it is supposed to be returned. If ownership has been established, right. it will be returned. If it's subject uh, to an ongoing investigation, there are additional things okay. that need to be turned but over. But not an ongoing investigation related to the member. If the equipment belongs to the member, it has been lost. They say it's been lost and it's been identified as that member's, and the Capitol Police is supposed to return it. Correct? 
Well, it's not a, I can't give a yes or no answer on that because I know It's a simple yes or no answer. If you lose, if, if, if a member loses equipment yes, and it is found by the Capitol Police or your staff and it is identified as that member member's equipment and the member is not associated with any case and that is their equipment, it is supposed to be returned, yes or no? Depends on the circumstances. Uh, and if the circumstances I, are... I, I don't understand how that's possible. Member's equipment is member's equipment that is not... It is not, it, under my understanding, the Capitol Police is not able to confiscate members' equipment when the member is not under investigation. It is their equipment, and it's supposed to be returned. Well, I think there's extenuating circumstances in this case, and I think I think that you know, working through my counsel and um, you know the necessary personnel, if if that in fact is the case, and with the permission of through the investigation and we'll return the equipment but until that's accomplished i can't return the equipment i think you're violating the rules when you when you conduct your business that way and should expect that there will be consequences yeah you should expect there will be consequences you know what i think i you know i look at look at that and you know what if the if the member is not under investigation well that's a that's a laptop that you you bought, gave it to your IT guy, your IT guy stashed it somewhere, and the IT guy's under investigation. So I think there's a I think there's a connection there. I think we don't have to play the Kevin Bacon game. But you know, uh listening to uh listen to uh, Debbie Bab- Blabbermouth Schultz, I think what she I think what she's telling us is this. I am a nasty woman. Yep, she is dirty, dirty, dirty. She is nasty. Not just looking. She's nasty, period. If her mouth is moving, she's lying. So back to Im- Imran Awan. So uh, uh, so the the police, uh, they, see, let's go on where we were, the budget meeting. Uh, so the, they're talking about the laptop that the Capitol Police found there. Um, when they searched the home of uh, Awan, that he was renting out to a tenant, police found several smashed hard drives in the garage. The tenant is the one who found the hard drives. Having seen the landlord's story on the news, he called the police. So they're talking about Awan and their uh, his alleged involvement in some massive cybersecurity breaches. They know that that's their landlord. They go out in the garage and they find a bunch of smashed hard drives and they called the police. Hey, you know what? You're investigating this guy? This is his house. We've, look at what we found in the garage. Awan was arrested on bank fraud at Dulles Airport near Washington, D.C. on July 27th. So this was, what, um, 10 days ago? He was attempting to flee the country. Airport Customs found about $12,000 cash uh, in his wife and children's luggage. Guess what? They were still allowed to board the, the flight to Pakistan. Why didn't they, why didn't they hold her back? Stuff doesn't go, all this stuff doesn't happen by itself. You know what, people got to know, know stuff in uh, just the same way as, uh, hey, you know what, uh, that uh, Saeed Farouk, he seemed like a nice guy, and we're just bringing in his wife. They didn't, well, since it's just his wife, if this guy's a citizen, let his wife, Tafshin Malik, come in. We don't have to vet her because this is his wife. But she's a, ra- a radical jihadi. And she radicalized him. Next thing you know, we got a bunch of people here in San Bernardino dead. So uh, the fraud charges are in relation to Awan and his wife. 
Hina Alvi, rep- misrepresenting themselves on a loan for a rental property they had and then wiring the proceeds to two unnamed persons in Pakistan. Why wasn't she arrested too? I don't know. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming the tenants live in one of their rental properties. The rental property, they re- probably refinanced it. They pulled out a bunch of cash and then they told the escrow company, wire it to, to my friend in Pakistan. And they wired it to, to a couple of people in, in Pakistan, which should be a uh, suspicious, uh, what's the, uh, what's the word? What's the word we use in in uh, compliance on this suspicious acts, suspicious money laundering, something or other? Uh, some of my operations people are going to listen to this and say, "Ed, it's this." Okay, so it's one of those things, suspicious acts that uh, that we're supposed to report when we see something happening in a file. Um, the whole investigation involves what source called serious, potentially illegal violations on the house IT network. Uh, meaning the whole computer network of the of the House of Representatives, by Imran and three of his relatives, who had access to emails and files of more than two dozen House Democrats who employed them on a part-time basis. That's right. They didn't just work for Wasserman Schultz. Awan was, shared, Awan was a shared employee paid by at least a dozen Democratic uh, House offices, although most of them had the good sense to fire him when the investigation started in February. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz didn't fire him until after he was arrested. So she knew something was going on, but she didn't arrest him. I wonder why that would be. Hmm. Maybe because she doesn't want him to uh, roll over on her? I don't know. That's just how I think, I guess. Um, I've been watching news enough. Um, Awan had reportedly managed to bankroll $4 million for himself and several of his relatives since 2010. So I heard something on the radio said this guy's making like 170,000 uh just a little over what congress people make. So let's see. Washington Schultz makes 170 and this guy works for her and he makes 170. Hmm. How does that work out? Okay, so then he's okay, he's working he's making 170 for all these people. If that's total that he's making, 170,000 working for 10 or 15 or 20 different Congress people, okay, I could see that. So he's making 170 total, not 170 each. Because they all get paid 170. How would they pay pay this guy as much as they make? That doesn't make any sense. And here's the other part. If he made 170 in 4 years, that's uh 7 let's see uh, $680,000. Oh, four years. That's in four years. So this is for, since 2010. So he's got seven years. So uh, 170 times uh, times seven. That's uh, seven plus 490. So it's a million 190,000. That sound right? About right. But he amassed four million dollars. I don't know. I don't know how that how that works. You know, Barack Obama went into office with a net worth of nothing and came out with twenty six million. I don't know how did that work. Something fishy's going on. Maybe that's why the Congress people want to hold their jobs so much that they even they're going to stop doing their jobs just to make sure they keep their jobs because they're getting paid a lot more than what we know. They're getting a lot more fringe benefits. They're getting all this stuff. Okay, his lawyer is claiming Islamophobia. Okay, Awan's lawyer is claiming that everyone's just afraid of Islam. 
which should come as no surprise because Awan has actually written about Islamophobia for CNN and talked about it on PMSNBC. Here's a clip from uh, 2014 when he was a criminologist researching cyberbullying of Muslims at England's Birmingham City College. City University. You yourself were then threatened after writing various pieces on this. That's correct, yeah. I wrote a piece and then sort of spoke about it quite a lot in terms of social media and getting it out there. And I was a victim of a, a number of online far-right extremist blogs, some of which were threatening me, some of which were, you know, uh, putting me under official suspicion, so to speak. Uh, so I sort of experienced what many of those communities were experiencing as well firsthand. Yep, uh, it's just it's just just amazing to me. Just amazing to me what's going on here, and no one's no one's connecting the dots. Uh, more on his lawyer, Chris Gowan, his lawyer. His official bio on his law firm's website notes that he left the public defender's office to work for former President William Jefferson Clinton and then Senator Hillary Clinton. Wait, how does this all connect to Hillary Clinton? Well, now it's starting to see. Chris was a fact checker for President Clinton's memoir, My Life. Uh, I didn't read that one. Um, oh, yeah, because I didn't want to. Uh, he also served as traveling aide for President Clinton's national and international trips. Chris finished his tenure with the Clintons by directing the advance operations for then-Senator Hillary Clinton during her 2008 presidential campaign. So uh, does any of this stuff surprise you? One of these days, I'm going to have a little extra time on my show, and we're going to do Clinton casualties, too, because the the dead bodies keep stacking up, and there's a few more to add to the list uh, since the last time I, I went over that. But I'll, uh, I'll pick that up on, on a show in the next few weeks. But, uh, folks, um, if you have comments on this, if you have questions on anything I said, or if you just want to tell me your opinion, call the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. That's 855-640-2092. If you want information on, on loans, mortgages, if it sounds like I'm a straightforward guy that will steer you in the right direction on a reverse mortgage, on a forward mortgage, on a purchase, on a refi, 855-640-2020. I'm out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.